Welcome to Prairie Doc Radio. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is here in the studio ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Dr. Holm. Good morning, Joan Hogan. Good, Good to have you and here Bob. today. Gee, Bob, you look particularly bald this oh, morning. I'm, like I'm just I do. out of it today. The two of them <laughs> took their hats off. Bald as can oh be. Oh my I'm gosh, the, the light just brightened the room. It just, it, <laughs> I got to get out my sunglasses. It's too much. Yeah. Oh man. Ah, uh, you are bald. No question about yeah, it. Yeah, yep. I am just balder. You are. You are billiard ball. Well, you know, uh, I know tomorrow night your program is going to be really interesting. It's going to be a live program, which they usually are, but you're being interviewed by Lori Walsh who is a host on uh, South Dakota Public Television and a noon show, Dakota Midday. And I thought, she's going to talk about your book, and I thought it's wonderful to talk about your book. However, you have done that quite a bit on this program, so I thought it might be a good idea for people to listen tomorrow night because I think Lori is just a great interviewer. I saw her when she was here for the uh, South Dakota Book Festival, and, of course, many people listened to her on the radio, she just does a great job. She's so it's really going to be smart. interesting. And you're using her studio. They have a new studio. They there. have a what new is? studio in Sioux Falls. So they're okay. opening the studio and announcing the studio is available. And then to that end, they ha- we have already a full audience set up with uh, 60 people in the audience that will ask the questions. So we're going to have a live audience, first time ever. Well, no, not the first time, but but, but one of the first. Yeah, one of the first times. So the audience will ask the questions. So that. That should be good. Yeah. Really and good. So we'll talk about the book. And, and, and hopefully uh, the audience has read the book. You know, I had not read the book until this week. Amazon was slow getting it to me. I finally so, got it. So you've read the book already. Well, I've read about half. I just oh. I just got it. And I thought, you know, I hear you talk all the time. I know what you're going to say. You know, this book won't be exciting for me. I can't put it down. Really? It is really well written. Why am I oh, surprised? Joan. I shouldn't be surprised. That's very nice But of I you am to say. really enjoying the book. Aww. And when I, I took it, I had a dentist appointment. I took it at the dentist office and she said, what are you reading? A uh, page burner? I said, yeah, it is. And she looked, she said, oh, I've had more patients tell me they just love Dr. Holmes' book. Your book is going to be a bestseller if it isn't already in Brookings. I'm well, sure it is. it's in Brookings. But, Maybe you know, a lot of times books sell word of mouth. And that one is really, if you don't have it yet, oh, the name wow. of it is Life's Final Season, that, A Guide for Aging and Dying with Grace. That's a very nice thing for you to well, say. Well, it is true. You know, I don't lie much. I usually tell the truth. It, it's a, no, I know that. <laughs> you yeah, generally, you, you know, I generally I know exactly let you know it. I let you, you know it. it to me, right. But I really enjoyed it. And as a matter of fact, when I get home, that's why I didn't, I was going to bring it today for you to autograph it. And it's up on the bedstand because I was reading it before I went to sleep, too. Yeah, so I just, I really have enjoyed the book. Where, where, are you, where are you reading right now? We're in about, oh. Dementia? Chap, You're about? Uh, yeah, past dementia, but um, there's just some really interesting things uh, in there. Abuse. And, and uh, just up to that, yes. That's right probably where I close the book. <laughs> you know, that I think yeah. my, my weak, weakest chapter, or maybe my strongest, is the chapter on um, supporting the caregivers and, uh, and encouraging of people to listen and to love themselves for the good they're doing even though they get no reward sometimes um i don't know what it's uh, important that, what did you think of that chapter that well you've read it, that chapter it's, I think, it's just right for now. people um i i thought i thought all of it was good i really did i can't tell you specifically but it's just i i thought you really reached out to caregivers and i know myself because we've 
We've dealt with um, Alzheimer's in our family, and I know the ones who suffer the most are the caregivers. Yes. They just do. They suffer. The person, by the, when a person starts to have dementia and they kind of know it, you feel so bad for them because they know it's coming, but then they get to the point where, they don't oh, remember that they, they don't, don't have know, <laughs> then the caregiver is the one your heart goes out to. Well, it and just you know, does. It's some, just tough. Sometimes, so there's a, there's a, um, the chapter on dementia, the, f- the first story is of two women that were both demented. One was just nasty, was a lovely lady her whole life and turned into a nasty, mean to her daughter uh, woman for because a lesion was in that particular part of her brain. And the other was a 100-year-old woman who is was one of the kindest, sweetest, the nursing people just loved her she held a baby doll in her arms thinking just it was sweet a, as could be thinking as a baby or you know just yeah. kind of going through the and it's just you don't know when people or how they're going to be when when dementia hits you just well one thing that you mentioned in there and i you know i started to say this because i said we're going to deal with people's questions today instead of just talking yes. about your book we want your but questions but i, I do have i'll throw in one question before we take our first yeah. break and then hopefully have questions from all of you you mentioned sundowner what is sundowner syndrome that's often it, mentioned with dementia and i'm not sure yeah right my my grandma i think she probably had vascular dementia at 95 little tiny strokes little get it worse little at a time little worse little worse little worse but it would be step like it would saltatory it would be she'd be fine 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 and then step down fine 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 and then another step lower um and um so uh she would be great at eight in the morning you'd come by and talk with her and she would know you she would have a conversation she would joke with you you know i can remember seeing her smile in the morning but at about four in the afternoon, as the sun's going down, she would lose it, and uh, and you know that's that's a s- syndrome. It's this. not uncommon. It's called sundowners, and it's when you have a borderline kind of a situation. Okay. So, so now let's let me ask you this. <clears throat> Here's a good question. So if you have a grandmother, 95 years of age, she's with it in the morning, but she sundowns at four o'clock, and there and she has no concept of what's going on, and couldn't make any uh, decisions of any kind uh, during that period of time. Could we have? Could the lawyers come by in the morning and have her finish her will and sign the will and write checks and and do legal things? Or if a person is half the time not competent, does? she or he lose their ability to to make, make those decisions. decisions that's a tough question yeah. isn't it and it they, really and, is and probably the answer is that no you you shouldn't be able to make those decisions in the morning if you can't make them in the afternoon and uh it, that's a that's a terrible deal but what will happen is the um, people will come by and say mom i need that you know you promised me the 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 farm uh signing off to here right I now want, here's a sign form that i want you to sign <laughs> you know when when did you sign that in the day well i mean they didn't ti- put the time of the day they put the date um so i th- i think we all realize that we can make legal decisions and and advance directives and we can give away the farm and we can um we can say who gets the grandfather clock and who gets the da 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 
uh, before we get demented. So we should all do that instead of going, okay, now I'm getting a little demented. Maybe I better make these decisions. That's a little no. late. Yeah. Late. Late. So make those decisions. Make sure that everybody knows you made that decision so they don't destroy their love between each other. Right. Let them be mad at you after you're gone. You All know? right, I'll go. You know, this is terrible. We keep talking about it. I keep saying I'm going to go to a break. But one more question that ties to that. Yeah. When you said someone gets older or might have dementia, even if someone gets older and doesn't have dementia, but living alone and everyone who cares about them knows they should not be living alone anymore. Right. How do you convince that person who is convinced they are not leaving their home or their right. apartment? Right. I'm not even, you know, competent. just assisted living. They're competent. They're right? competent. They need assistant living. Right. They, they would will be happier. Not. You know they'd they be better off. They'd they, see they, people. They would interact. They would, yes. Range would work. So how do, you, how do you shove them out the door? You can't. I know. It's the so right frustrating. It, the, the point is, Joan, Yes. when you are that person and you are happy in your house, don't let one person take away your choice as long as you're competent. I mean, the point is we need to respect our, patient, our, our parents' choices when they're competent. If they're not competent, I mean, it's that same story with a car. You know, I don't want to stop driving. Well, you're old and you don't see well and, you know, you, your kid will run across the street and so on and so forth. The answer is people don't, ma they make dingers and they make small accidents the big dangers are not not nearly as bad as uh, maybe a 14 year old you are when you're 18 <laughs> to 20 years of yeah. age. It's, studies okay. say that at 18 to 20, you are more dangerous than you will ever be in your life until, if you're a male, you get to be 85. And if, after 85, the statistics say then you're at the same risk of an 18 year old guy, right? <laughs> if you're a woman, you never reach the danger you were when you're an 18 year old girl. So why, do, why are we okay, so, so, we must why? take away people's oh. driving All right. rights. I mean, we have to respect people's freedom to choose. Okay. All right. I'm not going to argue with you. Nope. It's just tough when you see someone and you sure. just know in your heart they'd be better off. Well, what happens is they'll fall and they'll break a hip and they'll be in a nursing home for a half a month or a month or something. And then you, they move to the assisted living to get their strength back. If you just wait and give them time, something happens, they end up at, at that for a period of time. And if they want to go home, let them go home. Okay. If they're competent. If, if they're, they're not competent. competent, if they sundown, okay. Then you, you can can't. take away okay. their choices. But they can't write a check. Once you take away their choices, they can't write a check. They can't make a will. They can't make a decision that's Those legally binding. Okay. Now, I'll give one other comment. I, mean, that's, okay. I must say it. But you want to respect their choices as much as you can. As much as you can. Got it. Okay, on that note, we are finally going to take our first break. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. You know, we asked for your questions, and we, we really appreciate them coming in. Right. 692-1430 nice. on your dial, right? Right. 1430. 692-1430. Okay. Well, we just had, I think our streets have been busy flushing sewers or something. We just had someone call in and said, just had our sewer flushed. The water was disgusting for a while. Now it's clear. Do you know if our tap water is safe? Are we better off with bottled water? What do you think? Oh, I think we're uh, way better with uh, tap water. Because? Chlorination. Ah. And uh, I think our teeth are stronger, our bones are stronger. We lose that with, ta with, the, with the bottled water. Uh, and I, I would wonder, some bottled water is just tap water, you know. Uh, when, it, when it turns brown, it's iron. It's not 
feces. Uh, if it's <laughs> feces, you. they Thank would be they would be calling for for uh, a hold on drinking. Iron won't hurt you. You know, the people they t they talk about the value of uh, cooking in an iron pot because you get enough iron uh, when you cook in an iron pot to never get iron deficiency anemia, which is uh, thought to be a dangerous uh, situation for young people because mentally uh, it takes away their uh, mental acuity. So you need iron. You need iron. So our tap water is safe. Our tap water yeah. is safe, and if it turns brown, just think, ah, opportunity to get a little iron. Oh, geez, no, ah. I can't drink it. <laughs> that's a nice thought. I do use a Brita, though, and that's tap water that just goes through a filter, which yeah. works. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, I still drink out of the tap. Ed doesn't. He's always, he just won't drink out of a tap. And I, to me, I figure I need the... I like the chloride. I remember when they put chloride yeah. in water back in the late 50s, early 60s, and yeah. saved a lot of people's teeth. So it was a good yeah. thing. It's a good thing. Right. Uh, we had another call I wanted to know about. Boy, these are simple questions. I like this. What's so bad about high fructose corn syrup? Is it really worse than sugar? And a caveat to that, why do some people insist cane sugar is better than beet sugar? So it's all about... You know, people are concerned about what they're eating these right. days, not right, just right, right. drinking. But is high fructose corn syrup really that bad? You know, uh, in all of the journals that I've read and follow and look at, I really have seen very little bit about high fructose uh, as a bad thing. Only in as much as the corn syrup is the main sweetener for pop. And pop is what is called empty calories. Most pop has nothing but carbohydrate and nothing else. And if you're going to look at the ideal diet, one of the things that one could recommend for people would be to eat less carbohydrates. And if, if um, you know, what, do we, what is in our diet? There's only three things in our diet with the exception of micronutrients that are tiny, tiny little bits that you can't measure. It's carbohydrate, it's protein, and it's fat. Now, uh, one gram of carbohydrates four is four calories. One gram of protein is four calories. One gram of fat is how many calories? The same? Nine. No, more. Okay. Nine. Nine calories. So if you think that really the danger in life is calories, then you would say, well, we should eliminate fat from our diet. And that was the big push by the dietary industry for years and years and years. And now they've turned their, their, their tune. They've realized that something about carbohydrate that, um, that, that doesn't benefit you. And so what I'm going to say to you about cane sugar versus beet sugar versus corn syrup, syrup sugar. They're all sweeteners. They're, they're sweeteners. Yeah. You know, that, and, and they have... If all you're eating or drinking is is a, uh, a sweetened water with bubbly in it, um, you know it's an empty calorie. It's not very good. It's not good for you. It isn't terribly bad if you limit it, but it, if you drink a lot of it, it just adds calories and it doesn't satiate you. Fluids, for example, uh, orange juice or you know fruit juice, doesn't satiate you, and it may have good things in it for you but it doesn't satiate you. So you end up drinking and then you eat more. So I guess if I know that the, 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 the scientific data says 
less calories is the bottom line. If you can have 800 to 1200 calories a day and that's all you ate, then you would live longer. And I mean, they did it with the rats. You've heard that whole mice and rat story. Right. You, f- you feed them 40% less, they live 40% longer. It's just that the 40% less calories. Uh, but you want to have a balance of protein and fat and carbohydrate. You want complex carbohydrates, like things that come from our vegetable garden or our fruit trees. And proteins, uh, you, you would rather have less fat marbling because it'll be less calories. But, you know, really, uh, I think uh, we've, proteins have, had, have been bad-mouthed uh, too, too, too long. I think, you know, one of the nicest things you can do if you go to Applebee's, I'm, I'm, I don't go there much. But if you go, they will list the calorie, the low-calorie meals. And one of the low-calorie meals is a steak and a nice vegetable side. My, I had a 350-calorie steak, and Julia had a um, crispy chicken cut-up salad. Hers was 1,200 calories, and mine was 350 <laughs> calories. <laughs> And she had the salad. She had the salad. So So we have to think about what we're eating. And the major thing is probably less. And cane sugar or beet sugar or or, Or or corn corn uh, sugar are not bad in and of themselves. But, you know, if you think about sweetening things, that's probably the thing that you're going to want to cut down if you're looking to eat less and live longer okay well thanks for the call and we had another call just come in but we're going to take our next break and we'll respond to that question right after this welcome back to prairie doc radio as i said this program is generated by your calls and we do appreciate the calls coming in thank Mm you and a person just called in wants to know if there is an alzheimer's caregiver support group in brookings you know uh, what i would do is i would call the hospital uh, there has been in the past a support group for people um, for, for caregivers. caregivers of people with dementia, and I don't know if it's still active or not. I mean, it's a change. The world changes. You know, you can only push something so long. Um, but I, I, my guess is that there's something out there. Okay, so please just give the call Brookings a hospital. hospital a call, and they'll be glad to uh, direct you to whoever can help you with that. And I bet there is a group. Right. And if they yeah. if there isn't a group, maybe you could start it. <laughs> urge the hospital to, to uh, yes. get it started, and maybe you could be part of the. You could be part, part of, of it, but the hospital might might certainly support that. Yes. Okay, thank you for that call. We, I this isn't a call, but I really thought today. I keep sign, seeing signs all over town on flu shots. You can get your flu shots right. now. I know you usually emphasize that around Halloween, which right. is when the uh, Brookings Clinic, the Avera Clinic, right. will, will offer flu shots. But they're being offered right now. And you've talked before about herd immunity, and herd some immunity. people say that isn't important. Everything you've said, it really is important. Do you want well, to explain that concept again? Well, well herd immunity... You know, they, um, I don't remember the numbers exactly, except to say that um, thousands upon thousands of elderly did not get pneumonia and did not die because the little kids got Prevnar pneumonia shots. When they started giving the, sh- the pneumonia shots to little children, who were the main vectors of the snotty nose, infectious, 
pneumococcal <laughs> pneumonias and so on and so forth, spreading it everywhere on grandma and grandpa and among all the people in the community and, and everywhere. When they gave those pneumonia vaccines to the little kids, the elderly didn't Get die nearly as much because of the kids getting the pneumonia shot. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, that's good to it's know. It's called yeah. herd, herd immunity. We're a herd of people, and we kind of hang together, and we spread our illnesses. And if the illnesses don't are not happening because a certain number of those um, those people in the herd got the shot, then it doesn't spread. So if you feel that you have exposure to someone whose immune system is compromised, that means anybody over 65, or any young, young kids, or people on chemotherapy, or people who have chronic lung disease, or asthma, or emphysema. You know, all those things, all those people are at risk when you don't get your flu shot, and, or your pneumonia shot, or your, uh, the immunizations that you should have. So do it for someone else. Don't, Don't do, do it, it for just you. for yourself. Be I helpful. mean, do it for yourself, yeah. too. But I mean, but not just for yourself. You really are benefiting others. So there is something true right. of herd hum- immun- immunity. Herd and immunity. And we know that the clinic offers these shots right around Halloween. What do you think of people getting them now? Because they yeah. are being offered everywhere. Yeah. yeah. CDC uh, used to say, wait till Halloween, because then it'll get you through the winter. And the v- majority of these illnesses happen in January and February. You know, right. that, that's it. But the problem is sometimes an epidemic happens in December or November, or sometimes it's in April. Uh, So it's really kind of hard to know for sure when's the ideal time. We just don't always know. I think that particularly if you are an older person or your immune system might be compromised, it'd be good to get the the stronger shot. Ask to see if you've got the shot for the older per- persons that are that's I think four times stronger, um, and uh, because we're more more protected that way. I think also get it when you can. So it's okay to go now. Don't go now. Don't wait. If you see in your just about every pharmacy in town has signs up flu shots mm-hmm. available now. So. You can certainly get them, and uh, as far as cost, I think if you're on Medicare, you don't pay for. I don't know. The cost is minimal. I think it's free if you're Medicare. Right. I think. And if you're not Medicare, it's still a pretty minimal cost, and well worth that herd immunity. Right. Yes. Very important. Very important. Say, Bob brought something up uh, before you came in, and he said he had heard talking about pancreatic cancer that possibly gum disease when you're young. Huh. may bring on pancreatic cancer when you're older. Have you ever heard of anything no. like that? No, I haven't. I hadn't either. Yeah. No, well, I, Bob does a lot of reading. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> he does an amount, I do know that. immense amount of reading. And but I hadn't heard the gum disease thing. I never really had gum disease. I, I'm a gum disease-free guy because I use a water pick. You know, I've often thought, could the water pick spread an infection into my system and could that infection be a low-grade pancreatic irritant and then could that over time give me ca- pancreatic cancer? I don't know. Uh, you don't know. What, what, what could it be? What are the things that might bring me trouble? And uh, I've not been exposed to a ton of chemicals. I mean, I, I painted when I was in high school on a farm yeah. in between hauling bales. I'd much rather paint, actually. Ugh. <laughs> and that was not much fun either. All in the bales were not All fun, alone huh? out there with the chickens. 
Yeah, I wrote a few songs. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken songs. Okay. Chicken songs. Uh, so, girly, so may we I have, have this dance. Yeah, we may not know. See, I just went into the dentist this week, and he didn't want to clean my teeth because I had not. He said, have you had a, uh, a limb replacement? Uh, joint replacement. Artificial I said, hip. I've had an artificial hip and an artificial knee. Oh, well, you have to take an antibiotic first. I said, what? And so he called Dr. Luby, who was my last surgeon, and Luby said, yes, just an hour before and an hour after. And he insists that I do that. And this dentist insisted it was important. And the dentist, I said, you know, this sounds kind of strange. But he said, you can really... Um, Infection set in there? What is it? Do you know? Well, every time you brush your teeth. Yeah. Every time anybody cleans your teeth. Anytime you're messing with your mouth. Your mouth is just loaded with bacteria. Okay. Bacteria that live there happily and help you and help absorb food. My happy bacteria have been just fine. Happy, friendly little bacteria living around. And, you know, when you have... Um, lots of particles in your teeth in particular, you have a fair amount of risk for infection in your teeth and your gums get sick because of it. Uh, and so the, the answer I have is that every time you brush your teeth, you're spreading those infections into the bloodstream. They say that you do f- flossing, brushing, picking your f- teeth. You know, you're, you have s- uh, short-term sepsis okay. where blood is, in, is infected with bacteria that's shut into the bloodstream, shot into the bloodstream. And, um, and uh, that is not necessarily a bad thing, but if you have an artificial joint uh, there and or an artificial heart valve, there are risks of infection there. The problem is that the risk is so small, they don't have decent studies to say that it's of value okay. and there's risk of infection, or I mean problems with the antibiotics too. I know. I know. That's um, why I have mixed feelings on it, but I guess I have to listen to what, what Dr. My, Luby Dr. Luby said. I'd say do I like Dr. Luby. 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 He did a good job if that's what yeah. he wants. So yep. that that makes sense though. I couldn't quite figure out why I needed it. Yep. You know what? I don't know why, but somehow we have run out of time. How did it where did I it go? I don't know, it just goes. But we hope all of you listening have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and please listen again for Prairie Doc brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Also, why not follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. That's it for this week, Dr. Holm. I hope everyone tunes in tomorrow night yes. for On Call with the Prairie Doc on South Dakota Public Television. And a book interview. Thank you, yes. Joan. Thank you, Bob. And stay healthy out there, people.